because it's just an adventure on in the life. The title of the sermon this morning is uh, Ministry is Messy. Uh, that's because life is messy. Vicki uses that phrase, and I've heard it before, so I stole the sermon title from her, Ministry is Messy. Before I had the guys put it up on the screen, I added a footnote because not only is it messy sometimes, but it is miraculously wonderful. And uh, all that's mingled in and mixed in, and we're going to see this in this passage of Scripture here that Paul wrote. You don't have to read very long in the New Testament. You see that ministry was messy in their lives, a lot so sometimes more than ours. But I want you to do something, and I ask you to do this all the time, but especially with the content that's within here in Second Corinthians. I know Paul was writing it to the church at Corinth, but we also know that the Holy Spirit is the author of the Word of God. And sometimes it's good just to say that out loud again. I want you to very intentionally receive this as if the Holy Spirit were talking to you. Because that's the way the Word of God is. Jesus said it's spirit and life to you. And so when we read it, that's why you can read the 23rd Psalm 150 times. And it's fresh every time you read it. Because it's spiritual food. So... I'm going to go slow, but I want you to receive this passage again as if the Holy Spirit was speaking to our church, but more importantly, speaking to you. 2 Corinthians, the fifth chapter, beginning in verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he or she is a new creation. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Old things have passed away, and all things have become new. Verse 18. Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to Himself through Jesus Christ, and has given us the ministry. He has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to Himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, but He has committed to us the word of reconciliation. All that's been given to us. We're new creations in Christ Jesus. He is a God who wants to reconcile you to Himself. He's made that provision possible through Jesus Christ. And you can make that choice to receive Christ, be reconciled to God. And that's the ministry that we teach, that people can be reconciled to God. Verse 20, Now then, because of all this, we are ambassadors of Christ. As though God were pleading through us. Don't miss that. Don't let that go by. We are ambassadors of Christ now that we are part of this reconciliation ministry. As though God is now pleading through us. He's using us. We implore you on Christ's behalf. Be reconciled to God. Verse 21. For He made Him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. Now continuing in chapter 6, verse 1. We then, as workers together with Him, also plead with you not to receive the grace of God in vain. Now, He wouldn't have said be careful about that if it was not possible for us as human beings and also a church, be careful that you do not receive the grace of God in vain. For He says... In an acceptable time, I have heard you, and in the day of salvation, I have helped you. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. 
We give no offense in anything that our ministry may not be blamed. But in all things we commend ourselves as ministers of God in much patience, in tribulations, in needs, in distresses, in stripes, in imprisonments, in tumults, in labors, in sleeplessness, in fastings, by purity, by knowledge, by long-suffering, by kindness, by the Holy Spirit, by sincere love, by the Word of truth, by the power of God, by the armor of righteousness on the right hand and on the left, by honor and dishonor, by evil report and good report, as deceivers yet true, as unknown yet well known, as dying and behold we live, as chastened and yet not killed, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor yet making many rich, as having nothing and yet possessing all things. Can everybody say, wow? That's a whole lot, isn't it? By the Holy Spirit, by the power of God. But in the mixture of this, there is sorrow, there is, there is rejoicing, there is poor yet making rich, there's having nothing yet possessing all things, and by honor, by dishonor, by evil report, by good report, but by the truth and by the power of God and by the armor of His righteousness. And in all of that, He reminds us that you are an ambassador of this ministry. Whew. Scary some days. But what powerful yet humbling words spoken to the church at Corinth, but spoken today to the church at Gadsden first. And any other church that might be using this Scripture today. These are words spoken to us. In my Bible and in my notes, I underlined and I emphasized it a while ago. Verse, chapter 5, verse 20. We are ambassadors of Christ. And then in chapter 6, verse 1, as workers together with Him. Now, I put the two lines together. And I want to ask you to repeat them out loud. I'm going to give you one verse. You repeat it. And I'll give you the other verse. And you repeat it. But we're going to put them together. We are ambassadors for Christ. As workers together with Him. See, He said both of those lines mixed in all of that ministry. And I want to remind you this morning, brothers and sisters in Christ, you are an ambassador of Jesus Christ. As workers together with Him. That really is who we are. And, and it's important from time to time for us to just stop and Remind ourselves. That's us. We are ambassadors of God. And with that, and we see this, and the fact that God is going to work in this reconciling ministry, He's going to plead through the likes of people like me and you. He's pleading through us. So we're a part of this. But by doing this, and God saying to each of us, you are an ambassador. And we're working together in this. We're working with Him, and He's working through us. God is placing great value in you. He's also giving us a lot of expectations. But He's also going to give us the Spirit of God, the power of God, and His righteousness in order to accomplish it and complete it. But in the meantime, Lord, help us some days it gets kind of messy because He's still working through the likes of us who are broken and wounded and sinful. But yet, His reconciling ministry still works. But some days it's messier than others. But sometimes in the midst of the messiness, there's still 
the miraculous, wonderful things that go on. Let me give you a crazy example. Preaching in my first church at Altoona. I'm driving back and forth from the seminary and preaching in this church. I think I, this incident probably happened about three or four years into being there. We are singing the invitation hymn at the end of the service. They have a beautiful full altar. It doesn't have a place in the middle. And a curved, beautiful old church. The woodwork is beautiful just like ours. We're singing the closing hymn. We're about the second verse in. Everybody's standing and we're singing. And I look and a dog walks in the back of the church. He got in. Pretty good sized dog. And he comes in the back, and I'm, I'm singing, but I'm thinking, what's he going to do? And I saw the dog go back out, and I was, he's, he's going back out. But then I noticed that he was coming down the middle of the aisles. And the reason I could tell it on the right side, because I could see people moving and moving out of the way. And so they were moving on this side, and this side didn't know what was going on. They thought they were in the Spirit, and they were moving, and grinning, and looking, and and I'm, I'm singing, and I'm trying to decide what to do, and I see Miss McAfee on the front row, and I'm thinking, if that dog, that cold, wet nose of that dog touches the back of her leg, we're really going to get in the spirit. <laughs> so I'm watching all this, trying to decide what to do, but the dog walks right on past Miss McAfee. Of course, she flinches, and I can't make this stuff up, y'all. The dog walked right up, and he put his true front paws right up on the altar and looked straight up at me, as if to say, I'm here to be saved. I mean, it was almost like that, you know, would you come pray with me? Of course, by now, we've lost it. Now, there's a lot more laughter than we've got right now. Everybody bust out laughing. So I tell the musicians, just stop playing. It's over. I mean, you know, nobody's coming to the altar. I know that. Somebody comes and gets the dog and get it out. and we're. I said, well, just to gain our composure, let's sing the last verse and then we'll go home. But something happened. We began to sing the last verse. There was a young man who had come to the church earlier that week with a lot of brokenness in his life. Many in the church knew him and knew his situation. As we were singing that last hymn, with all that had gone on, that young man came and knelt down and just wept before the Lord and rededicated his life to God. There were many men that gathered around him and prayed for him. Ministry to the reconciled. Some days it's messy. Some days dogs come down to get saved. Promotion Sunday was today. Many of our students will move up into new classes. There will be new teachers. There will be change. It is a day of celebration. And I know that many of you as teachers, you pray over what you're going to say in a Sunday school class because the words and the things that you're going to share have meaning to people. You're wrestling I know, week in and week out of what to share and how to share that. Leaders, uh, all of that going on in the life of our church and ministry happening. Also, this week with Wednesday night, August the 19th begins our, our journey groups and all of that going on. I even, I even thought this morning, this is a crazy example, but I get out of my truck and I'm coming across the street and there's a broken beer bottle all over the, the front of the church out here and... Uh, I came in and I got a, uh, a trash can to clean it all up because there was a lot of jagged pieces. And I told the earlier service when I drove by last night and slung out that beer bottle, I didn't mean for it to break everywhere. <laughs> but you know how God quickens you sometimes. I was out there with that trash can picking up those broken pieces. And I was thinking about my sermon. The ministry's messy. As I was picking up that, I, I think about all the brokenness through ministry, and in my own life, picking up those pieces and trying to, to gather it up. 
And again, ministry some days are just, just messy. We celebrated our third phase of our 2020 vision Wednesday night. Many of you came. We had 165 plus or so people. I don't have many. And, and we were celebrating all of it, but especially the green space. And as Vicki said, kids were out there walking around barefooted in the grass. And I thought about this week as I, I look back over the couple of years or so of the vision team and all the trustees and everything, all the planning, the restoration, the 2020 vision. The, you remember back when the Nugent building was still there and all of its disarray and it was torn down and we paved and created more parking and upgraded many phases in the church with technology, with Wi-Fi, with video, audio, etc. Even in the midst of us making decisions about handicapped facilities and capabilities, that grew and the ramp and everything and changes and maintenance and calls and even when we began to restore in here the wiring and the lights and once you do one thing it gets more complicated and you do more and but it looks beautiful and then the other night with a green space and all that's gone on with it and still not completely finished but it will be I ask myself and I ask you this why do we do all these things Because He has committed us to be a light right here to do ministry, to reconcile ourselves with God and to God. But then He uses us to reconcile others to God. We're ambassadors. He's called us to be ambassadors. That's why we do all this. We are ambassadors for Christ and as though God were pleading through us. That's why we teach. That's why we have promotion Sundays. Oh yeah, we're ambassadors for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. That's that's why we do this. Let me share an article with you that some of you are familiar with. Uh, Mark Condra is our lay leader, and he shared this the other night in a ministry meeting. I guess there were a dozen people in their lay leadership team preparing, and so he just read this, and I'm just going to read it too. The reverie of a downtown church. The reverie of a downtown church. I am a downtown church. Some people rather pity me, for they think I am destined to grow weak and die. But they do not know me, or they would know better. I have an honorable history. I was here a century ago, and I may still be here a century hence, long after neighborhoods have changed and Good neighborhoods have deteriorated. I will continue to be strong. For I am in the heart of the city. And my ministry is not to a section of the town, but to the entire city. For I reach out in every direction. My ministry touches every neighborhood, and it extends to all classes. I am not provincial in my outlook. In me, the rich and the poor mingle in the fellowship of worship. Through me, the poor are ennobled and enriched. And the rich are made generous and gentle. I live to serve. I exist for others. This may be the reason why I continue to keep my strength through the years. It is sometimes said that I am not convenient to attend. But whoever said that religion is to be a thing of convenience? If pilgrims of Israel could travel the length of Palestine barefooted to attend the special temple services at Jerusalem, 
Surely the 15 minutes it requires to come to the heart of the city is not too much. I leave my future to you, for my place in the city depends upon your loyalty. I believe that I can count on you. The author is unknown. The interesting thing is, is this article was in your bulletin in 1954. I want to share with you our church vision statement, our mission statement. God's going to put it up on the screen. Most of you know it now. A couple of years ago, we changed and added the word and and put serving and giving hope together. So somebody the other day said, is it changed? Well, it, it did just slightly, but it's still the same statement. So would you say it out loud with me? The people of Gadsden First United Methodist Church changing lives by sharing Christ, making disciples, and serving and giving hope. That's still who we are. That's a part of our lives. Bishop Wallace Padgett, when she came on as our bishop, she gave us a new mission statement. Again, it'll be up on the screen. The North Alabama Conference mission statement. Would you read that with me? Discover, develop, and deploy spiritual leaders to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. This past Saturday at Camp Sumatonga, a week ago Saturday at Camp Sumatonga, there were over 400 people that gathered in the Mountain Lakes District. That's our district that we're in. Our district superintendent is Robin Scott. The, the title of the, the training that we had all day, and there was a lot of sessions, but the overall umbrella was Urgent Call. That's what Robin titled it. Urgent Call. How urgent is your church toward bringing people to Christ, and in light of the Scripture today, how urgent are we of reconciling people to God? So that was quite, we need to ask that from time to time. We need to be challenged with that, because the Word of God challenges with it. But that was all there. Pastor Vicki taught one of the lessons, and, and she said this line, is it possible for the church to be busy doing church instead of being the church? Well, that was posed to all the churches that were there, and it it's a good thought. And the answer is yes, it is possible. That's why we have to be reminded. I and we are ambassadors of Christ working through and He is pleading through us in this ministry. One of the lessons, we looked at a book called Five Practices of Fruitful Congregations by Bishop Robert Schnace, I think is how you say his name. Now, I'm going to show you these five things. We're going to put them up one by one. We already do these, but we can always ask the Holy Spirit to help us fulfill them with, with more vigor, with more excellence, and with more grace, because we don't want to take His grace in vain. The first one is radical hospitality. We do that. We have greeters and we have ushers, and a part of their responsibility is, is to be involved in hospitality, but don't miss the point that you are a part of this. Every single member, when someone comes in, if you're griping and complaining about the preacher and they're sitting in your pew hearing you, don't do that unless it's about Vicky. Don't. You are about hospitality. How you smile and how you say hello and how you address somebody and say, can I pray with you? So... That's always something we could work on. Radical hospitality. But fruitful congregations practice these five things. Radical hospitality. The second one is passionate worship. 
I said last Sunday, and I said before the three years I've been here, uh, I'm thankful and grateful we have two different worship services on Sunday morning. We also offer a Thursday afternoon worship service. So I go to three worship services at this church week in and week out, and Vicki does too. And in every one of them, I worship God. I don't, I don't want to come to this place and not miss worshiping God. Responsibilities we have, yes, as pastors and as musicians and leaders, is to try to create a place of worship, but we can't worship for you. You have to pray and, and come into to his, his presence with expectation. You have to be passionate about it. And it's not about the style of music, because we don't even sing any music on Thursday. So I know it's not that. It's about people wanting to come and worship God. We may like different styles. That's okay. All God wants is you in worship. Passionate worship. Third thing, intentional faith development. We do that through our journey groups, through Sunday school, through choir, through men of the well on Thursday. It doesn't matter when it is, but intentional faith development is discipleship. And you have to decide that you want your faith to develop. And that's an ongoing process. Are you connected in faith development? We offer those things, but it's up to you to fulfill it. But five practices of food congregations do these things. The fourth one, risk-taking mission and service. There's all kinds of service and ministry that goes on week in and week out in the life of our church. But let me just tell you, I had Label of Love Friday, the ministry staff. We witness and, and share a word with the people that are coming in. We feed 100 or so people on Fridays. You know it's risky doing that. But you've got to take risk and missions. We've called the police before. Our closed closet, we had a fight not long ago right on Broad Street with some people that were standing in line to get clothes. We could shut it down. It's risky. Ministry's messy sometimes. But we know that. We just read it in there. Sorrowful yet joyful. Risk-taking. The other thing is the fifth one. We've been doing, actually calling our stewardship program Extravagant Generosity for the last three years. We'll do it again this fall. That'll be our theme, Extravagant Sowers. But five practices of fruitful congregations are these five things. And these edgy words focus us on the appropriate work that helps us to fulfill the vision and the mission of the church. You've got all of those in an insert in your bulletin. and I hope you'll take those and look at those again. I'll close by saying this. We are ambassadors for Christ as workers together with Him in the messiness of ministry. Like Paul, our experience of the Christian life will be marked by good times and some bad times. And at the end of the journey, we too will be able to say, we, we have known our sorrows, but joy is ever with us. And such is the life with Christ as we read in the Word and as we experience it in our own life. Life is so often sweet and sour. There are days I, I get on my knees in my office and I weep. There are days in my office I just laughed out with joy because ministry is sweet and it is sour. But we must be reminded and we must stay focused even when ministry is messy. Let's pray together. God, thank You for being real in the Bible. Thank You for 
allowing Paul to write real stuff and real issues and, and just be honest and upfront with it because it's real to us. God, I thank You for this church. We are Yours. We only exist because of You. We only have ministries because of You. God, there are some days we don't know how to do it all. That's why it's of utter importance that we be dependent upon the Spirit of God because it is by God and by the truth and, and by the power and by His righteousness that we're able to accomplish these things because we have Him pleading through us this ministry of reconciliation. God, keep doing Your work through us. And thank You for loving us even when we don't deserve it. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.